Hey folks, welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host Hal Shirtliff. This show is heard on WPCQ of the Planet every Monday and Friday evenings at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also pick it up on Podomatic, that's our flagship <coughs> platform, iHeart, Amazon, and a bunch of others, uh, Spotify. But what I'd like to know, uh, we've been on the air now on WBCQ, I think since 2016, and uh, when I was asked by a member of the, uh, the late Jen, uh, if she wanted to ask me if we'd like to have our own show, and we've enjoyed doing it and love to continue, but we just want to get some feedback. Any of you who are listening to this on the shortwave side, please um, contact us. Go to our website, there's a contact form, or just uh, or our Facebook page, Camp Constitution, and uh, let us know what you think of the show, and what you're listening to it, and um, what have you. Also, if you're listening to it, us on one of the platforms, um, Podomatic, for example, uh, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, we uh, right now, we're listed as number four for the conservative category on Podomatic, so that's good. But I just want to get some feedback and make sure that uh, it's a good investment of our time and money to make sure that we're, uh, you know, getting the word out. Uh, <clears throat> I want to uh, talk a little bit about... Uh, yeah, I want to spend a little time discussing uh, this thing of called shadow banning and canceling. Uh, the left has been very active in uh, getting their people to uh, go after conservatives, especially on social media. But also locally, if a group is going to use a restaurant, for example, or a particular venue, they'll make a bunch of phone calls and say, oh, this group is racist, it's anti-Semitic, it's, you know, fill in the blank, white supremacist, and what have you. And, and also the, uh, the, the threats that we get. Now, I know that people on the or is considered right-wingers, they might threaten people. That's wrong. Uh, but I don't think it's nearly as bad or as nearly as scientific as the left. And I'll give you a few examples that happened to us. Um, this was back, I think, in 2019. I was, uh, we, we, were, we had booked a library in, um, in Maine, in the town of Appleton, Maine, <clears throat> which is a kind of a rural, beautiful little town. It's about a half hour from coastal Maine, from Rockland, <clears throat> and maybe another half hour uh, east of uh, the capital, Augusta. And it was uh, one of our families, uh, the, the Whitworths, that live in the town. And they actually got the library to sponsor us, Camp Constitution, uh, to do a presentation on Constitution Day. It wasn't, I don't think it was the 17th, but it was sometime in the frame of that week, Constitution Week. And it was announced uh, there was some local media that had little news releases, nothing major. It wasn't any major front page story, but it was some news releases. And of course, uh, I post things on our Facebook page and email blast. And lo and behold, a, a campaign was waged against us. People were calling this little library. I think the place holds 40 people in a particular meeting room. And they were calling us all kinds of vile names and you know, we need to be banned and so forth. And racist, that was the chart. We were a racist organization. Well, um, I, I, we got a call from the library and he said that, well, we're not going to cancel you. We're going to pull our sponsorship. So that was the, okay. <clears throat> That's, uh, that's fine. You know, you're kind of wimped out. I said, it'd be nice if you actually picked up. The, I act, no, they didn't call me. I called them. And I said, I, I explained to them what was going on. And I said, I'm not quite sure what's, what's motivating this. I said, it could be the lawsuit we have against the city of Boston uh, that was pending. And it was getting, making me, the news media. Uh, and a lot of people on the left didn't like the idea of us flying a suit. Uh, say we wanted to fly a Christian flag uh, along with, because other groups fly other uh, objectionable flags. So they found that our flag was very objectionable. They wanted us to fly it. Also, we, had, uh, we were involved with the super happy... <coughs> Super Happy America uh, Straight Pride Parade. We uh, we were at the event. Um, we weren't well. We were listed as sponsors. We weren't really sponsors, participants, I guess you could say. But we're good friends with <coughs> the founder and a few of the other folks involved. And and I was there with my son and uh, at at the uh, at the rally after the parade. We wanted to be in the parade, but we had difficulty getting in. Uh, and that may have been a reason too. Uh, here was a group of people are simply saying, "Look, we're proud. We're proud to be straight." They even had Milo, uh, who at that time was a homosexual. He's claimed to be away from that. So it wasn't so much an anti-gay event. It was just saying, you know what. We could, we could serve as a get, just getting tired of all this craziness. And uh, and so the left went ballistic. It was terrible. It wasn't great. So, so it may have been that. Not really sure. Because it's not like the left has come up and say, oh, hey, hell, by the way, we're going to be doing this stuff against you. Just to let you know, give you a heads up. And this is why we're doing it. So I said, you know, so anyway, I got to hold the library. I said, you know, I'm a phone call away. 
Usually when people make accusations, especially ugly ones like that, I think you could you have an obligation to verify it. You could simply go to a website, go to a Facebook page. If we were racist, it would be easy to determine that, you know, by the content of the posted material. And so they, they didn't say a word. Anyway, I, you know, I did the presentation. We had a pretty good turnout. I think the controversy brought people out. And not only did it bring people out, uh, people on our side of the spectrum, but I had other folks in, in the state of Maine that said, hey, you can do a presentation here. We'd love to have you. So a lot of times when the left tries to cancel you, it backfires on them. Sometimes they're successful and sometimes they're not. In this case, they weren't. We had, I think, one leftist that kind of showed up. He lived in town and he asked me about somebody I interviewed a couple years prior. And I told him, look, we interview, I interviewed the guy and I said, I didn't have a, I didn't know his complete history. Uh, he had said something since then that, you know, I, objectionable. I said, but, you know, we don't, we don't champion this guy. And uh, he said, okay. He, he said, I accept that, you know, that's, that's fine. And then one uh, lady came in, she might've been in her thirties and she was just kind of staring at me from the back, like she's trying to intimidate me, you know, like, give me a break. And I made a favorable re reference to George Washington, which she didn't like. She ended up kind of storming out. And that was the extent of that. Then uh, in 2020, this would be in the uh, before the lockdown, so January, we had one of our speakers and an instructor at Camp Constitution, and she had to be a black woman, and her topic was um, the top-down gender gender um, this madness, I guess. Uh, and she was actually on the board of, her name was Dr. Felicia Nace, lovely, lovely lady. And we were using a venue, a restaurant in North Reading, oh, Reading Massachusetts. And uh, some homosexual lesbian groups were calling him and saying that we, you know, we're homophobic and all these kinds of things. The owner said to the, the people, he said, um, tell you what, he said, I believe in free speech. I said, these folks have been using this place for a number of years. And if you want to book the room, I'll be more than happy to let you have a room for the same price I charge Camp Constitution. Well, nothing came of it. Uh, we had our event. We had a good turnout. Uh, the people that normally would come to this aren't deterred by, deterred by uh, anonymous calls to the restaurant. But the owner was there thinking it may be a little trouble, and it wasn't. Um, so that was an example that happened also it happened to us at the governor's restaurant in all places, Presque Isle, and uh, they played the same thing, you know, racist group, white supremacist group. You know, Presque Isle has a tiny black population. Uh, it was kind of interesting. Oh, by the way, when I was speaking at the library um, in Appleton, Maine, um, I had a, I wanted to address the issue. I didn't want to spend all of the time sort of defending us because that's what usually happens. Oh, I'm not a racist. We spent all of the time trying to refute the charges and the uh, the particular reason why we let it begin with the sort of lost in the shuffle. So I, I spent uh, oh, about five minutes pointing out. I had pictures of our various participants, our instructors, our counselors, our chaplain. And we have I, I showed pictures of Reverend Stevie Kraft and Earl Wallace and Willie Soon and some of the attendees, black, Hispanic, what have you. And I said, there are more black people at our camp in any given year that live in the town of Appleton, Maine, more black, Hispanics, and Asians. And I said, if we're white supremacist and racist, I said, we're doing a very poor job of it. It's interesting, uh, the Boston Globe did an article about us in February of 20, I believe it was 22. Yes, it was after the, uh, after the Supreme Court hearing. And it had a picture, and they had a few pictures on the online version. And one of them was a picture of uh, the two, two people at the range at our camp, not our camp, but the camp we use in uh, Singing Hills. And one of the one of the persons was a black man, uh, Gregory Valentine. The other man was uh, Caleb Quintanella, who was a counselor, a junior counselor, who happens to be uh, Hispanic. And uh, some of the comments were saying that we're the white, we're the Taliban, and we're white supremacist. And one of the one of the persons that was posting, he said, "Hey, love him, I hate him." He said, uh, "There's a black guy with a gun, and there's a Hispanic guy with a gun." I said, "Probably not racist uh, if they're teaching blacks and Hispanics how to fire, how to shoot. Probably not a racist group. You know, you may not like what they stand for, but they're not racist." You know, so, uh, but I think, uh, and also uh, what happened to us too in the Ossipee, which is a town, uh, two towns north of me here in New Hampshire, uh, the Ossipee Historical Society, uh, the lady that runs it called me up. Uh, it was back in May of 22, I think, 21. I think it was, yeah, I think it was 21. And she invited me to be the guest speaker at their event in, um, on Constitution Day. It was their September meeting. So I had plenty of time. I said, oh, I'd love to. And she said, well, we don't pass. I said, don't worry about honor. I said, I'll pass our Constitution. Don't worry. You're just a few towns away. I'm more than happy to go do it. And I think about 10 days out to a week out, she got a hold of me. She emailed me. She said, oh, never mind. Yeah, we got somebody else. So, you know, so I was uninvited. So I asked why, you know, in an email. I said, what's going on? And she says, well, uh, it was determined that you're too controversial. 
And I tried to ask, you know, what exactly do you mean by too? Is it just being, if I was just controversial, would that be okay, but I'm too controversial? And then she used political. And of course, we're not political. Uh, we don't, we're not here pushing a particular candidate or opposing it. I mean, we may speak out against Biden, but that's, I think it's just common sense. If you are a sensible American, you cannot be in favor of what's happening uh, at the executive branch of the uh, United States government. Um, actually, um, so, so I think what happened was they got some phone calls and uh, there were some leftists that didn't like the fact that I was going to be the speaker and I was uninvited. Uh, but uh, again, this usually, and I could have really pushed it. I end up uh, joining. I would say, let me just see if I could be a member. And I sent my $5 applicate, my $5 dues in, and they accepted it after about two months. They held the check for a while, but they never asked me to renew it. So, uh, so I guess if I, if I just approached them and I thought, you know, these little historical societies, uh, I said, I'm not really interested in, you know, picking up, going after them. I thought it's just not worth it. Uh, and the person that took my place, uh, was a young man who was very sound in his constitutional perspective. So they got somebody that was, uh, maybe could even do a better job than I. So I, I, I wasn't losing any sleep over it, but we think the same thing happened to a camp that we had used for a number of years. And I won't mention any names because we have a good report. It wasn't the folks at the camp. It was the national headquarters. We don't, we can't prove it, but we think the same thing happened that people got a hold of the national group and start, start saying this. And, uh, we were uninvited after after many years but God has a way of uh, working things out you know I think it's in Ephesians that what's meant for evil uh, God uses for good it's a good, it's a good verse I, I should I should know the, the chapter the book off the top of my head but a lot of times that happens so uh, what happens for evil what 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 is meant to be evil turns out for good in God's eyes so we, we found a great venue where we are now and had not been for the fact that we were uh, you know uh, the contract was not renewed after uh, we had we had signed a contract and we had the camp that year and they just said that their uh, only the official reason was that they're only going to have uh, church groups and I said, okay, fine. And I think the media wanted, they, yeah, some of the local media wanted me to say bad things about that. I said, no. I said, we're fine. We have a good rapport. They're great people. And, you know, we're not a church. We are a Christian-based group. But, you know, that's that's what they want to do. That's fine. I'm not going to worry about it. You know, God will God will uh, find a place for us. So or God will put us there where he wants us. And we were in Western Massachusetts for a couple of years. And that camp went under. And where we are now, which is great. And we have another venue that we use for a weekend camp. So things worked out for our, for, our, for the better. But what's even worse are these threats, um, direct threats, when uh, someone calls you or emails you or posts things on your Facebook page. And I got a lot of this uh, in the course of the last five years, not just posts from the uh, people posting on the articles or the online articles. Uh, I got some really ugly things on Facebook, you know, uh, calling me vicious things. I got this one. And just the other day, I was cleaning out my voicemail. I had, you know, like a lot of us, um, <clears throat> very few, it's very often, very few times that my mailbox is full that people can't leave a message. But, but I had some messages that I had maybe 25 or so messages that I didn't want to quite delete because I may have wanted to save some of those, uh, phone numbers and put a name to them, but I, uh, I didn't even rem didn't even see this one. But uh, the time frame was, it was December of uh, 2020 and actually December 17th. We had sold our house in West Roxbury, the Boston section of Roxbury, uh, West Roxbury uh, in November. <clears throat> and the uh, new owners, which was a church next door, the Syrian church gave us two months rent free to, uh, you know, to move out. And we needed every, every day of that. Uh, what so, so we closed on the house here in New Hampshire, where we are now, December 4th, we moved in on December 5th, but there was, that was the very first load, but we were officially moved in December 5th, but we did have, and I think at that time, the district court, the district court, uh, first district court of appeals had rejected our case and it made some news. And I got a phone call from this guy and he just threatened, threatening me, calling me all kinds of vile names. And I, uh, I was, I was in the backyard loading up the truck. And usually if someone's using a number to call and make a threat, it's probably a burner phone or it's somebody else's number that he's not, he's making a call from somebody, a neighbor, or maybe he, uh, picked up something. Maybe he wasn't, I really don't know exactly what happened, but, um, because I don't think anybody would make these vile comments and then be able to trace them, you know? So, I, so anyway, as I was cleaning the mailbox out, I noticed he, he called me back up and left this message. I'm going to, I'll play it here. I accidentally called him. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Uh, I don't want to call him. Uh, I blocked the call. So, oh, here we go. So let me see voicemail. I see. Okay. So here it is. Um, block messages. Here we go. Oh, here it is again. 
Okay, I'm not going to add to it. Let me see here. Voicemail. Block messages. Here we go, I hope. Yeah, doesn't seem to be working. Hey, buddy. There we go. I'm Hal. Anytime in the streets, I'm going to meet you. Your fascist bullshit is over. You can't intimidate other people. You can't intimidate anybody. You and your fascist bullshit stops now. We end you. There we go. Yeah, he said, we end you. Uh, well, that was uh, almost three years ago, and here I am, still alive and well, and uh, we haven't been ended. But a lot of people will get a message like that and be very, uh, you know, be very intimidated, and oh my goodness, and that can be unsettling. Um, but stuff like this only sort of encourage, it encourages me. It, it, I'm cautious, you know, I know that uh, there's a bad guys in the world, there's a lot of crazy people, but, but Rand Paul, had his neighbor tried to kill him, and then you had the crazy Bernie supporter that tried to gun down a, a bunch of Republicans and almost killed Steve Scalise, you know, so we know there's triggered people out there, but most of the people who do this stuff um, are just trying to bully, bully people. And he said that I'm trying to intimidate people. I'm not trying to intimidate anybody. That's not how I roll. And people who know me know that that's not true. So, but somehow he feels threatened by truthful pronunciations, whether it's my uh, support or my support of the Constitution, opposition to an Article 5. Oh, back, uh, I got a couple, some threats when it came to my opposition to an Article 5, and it wasn't coming from left-wing people either, from dedicated leftists. It was coming from so-called conservatives. Um, and in fact, uh, one group, Convention of States, and I want to qualify to, I would say most people that support Convention of States are decent, honorable people, and the last thing that they would encourage is uh, outright lying to people or accusing them of bribery. But they did that back in 16. They accused, at that time, I was a field rep for the John Birch Society, and we were very actively opposing Article 5 in New England, especially New Hampshire, where the Convention of States and the left-wing will had spent thousands of dollars with lobbyists and ads and all kinds of other things, and we still ended up beating it. And uh, I think what what happened was uh, they the convention of states said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go after a state senator, Kevin Avar, who was out. He he had been in office for a couple of terms, I think, and he lost he lost one. He was out for a term. And he he won a seat uh, a couple of years ago and just got a seat back. He got, got reelected. In a very good man, very honorable, somebody that even if even if he was supporting Article Five one way or the other, you'd still other than that say, look, I agree with him ninety five percent. So why go after him for five percent? So they accused him of accepting bribes from the John Birch Society which was a total lie. It was just made up. And you know the old saying that a lie goes around the world while the truth is just getting its pants on. And so I only found out about it because a friend of mine was on the Convention of States email uh, list and was getting calls, uh, getting emails, and this was in one of the emails. And had not been for that, I would not have been able to uncover this, most likely. And that lie would have went on. Uh, who knows what people would have thought. Maybe Kevin Avard would have been, uh, could have lost his seat because of this. And I called Kevin. I knew Kevin. Uh, I was a guest on his cable show. I think it was even before he became a state senator. And he told me that he didn't even take a position yet. He said, I was on the fence on this issue. He said, now, you know, now, uh, of course, I'm against it because of what's happening. And the Convention of States has done this to other people around the country. It's sort of a uh, thing they do. They, they have uh, threatening calls. They lie. Uh, they, they, they add, they'll say they have so many thousands of supporters when they only have a handful and what have you. So these are the things that you have to face. And you know, the old saying that if uh, you're catching flack, you must be over the target. So I tell people not to be, uh, not to lose courage over this, to be courageous, to keep on doing where, where the Lord leads you. If the Lord has you doing something and you get these types of things happening, that must be what the Lord wants you to do. And you have to persevere. You have to keep on keeping on. Uh, we have to expect it. You can't expect, you know, we, gotta, we, we don't think the enemies are going to lay down and say, oh, well, they're right after all. Oh, shucks. No, they're going to get nasty. And they're going to get nastier as time goes on. Imagine if uh, Republicans capture the White House again You see how, and get the Justice Department and the FBI under their hands. You see how nasty. If you think 2020 was bad, I think it's going to be a whole lot worse. Uh, but if we have, if the if the Republicans, not just Republicans, but true Repub patriots, get to get the White House back, and we're able to rein in the FBI and get rid of all the evil people in the Justice Department um, and other branches, uh, but then you, of course you have all uh, the, one of the big problems is in these blue states is that uh, you defend yourself, you go to jail. 
and that's what's tough. You you uh, you try to come to someone's rescue on a subway in New York, and uh, the perpetrator ends up getting killed. Uh, you're the bad guy. They come after you viciously. You know? So uh, you try to defend yourself with a weapon or uh, or your hands, and they're going to come after you. They'll let the criminal go. I and mean, it happens time and time again. So that's one of the big disadvantages you have in a blue state. Or if you're in a blue city in a red state, uh, you're going to have trouble too. And that's why the left hates that song that comes out. This wouldn't happen in a small town, you know, because they have prosecutors that are going to prosecute and the cops aren't going to put up with it. And the people aren't going to put up with it. You know, they're not going to put up with it. You're not going to tear our statues down. You're not going to burn our buildings down. It's not happening. We're going to be there. And we know that our police departments are not very big. We're going to supplement them. We're going to be there um, to, uh, to put a stop to this. Uh, you show up, you're going to meet some armed people. You know, um, I got a few minutes left. I want to talk about uh, our dear friend, Barbara from Harlem. Barbara is uh, right now, the last time I heard from uh, her daughter, Bibi, uh, she's in an induced coma in a hospital in New York. She's not doing very well. She, and I won't go into all of the details, but we just ask that you pray, pray for this dear precious lady. Barbara from Harlem is her her uh, uh, pen name, or I say nom de guerre. Uh, but Barbara wrote a great book. It was called The Racism of Low Expectations. And I met Barbara at a Second Amendment rally. I think it was in 2018. I invited, that would be June. I invited her to come to our camp that following July, or I guess that early August. And she came with her, her daughter, Vivi. We became good friends. She was very, very well received. She's spoken at, at, at numerous events where I've attended. Uh, she was at our prayer vigil and our rally uh, uh, for um, our lawsuit from the Supreme Court. It was so wonderful. She showed up. She said, I'll be there. And she shows up. This was a cold December evening. She pulls right up. Baby pulls up and they let her out. And uh, there she was to, to be there at a prayer vigil. And uh, just a delightful lady. She's a patriot. And she had a hard life. She, she was, uh, in her unsaved days, she did some things that she's not proud of. Uh, God forgave her for it. She actually had a gunfight with Klansmen. Not, not, not with self-defense. And she got the better of, of the Klansmen. That was good. She got wounded. Um, she, uh, in her book, she talks about some of the things that happened. You know, she, uh, her ex-husband came into uh, the house and she was with the, her the boyfriend. Uh, they were just watching TV with the family. And the children were kind of young at the time. And that, this wasn't a boyfriend that she left the husband for. It wasn't that way at all. It was some years later. And the husband shot the guy in cold blood and the guy got husband got away with it um he was a, a cop and so um you know i figured you know there's a good old boy club and i don't know if that's the case or not but anyway um and she since reconciled with him and that was good uh but we just ask that you pray for this precious lady she is just a patriot and um and, and it's, it's easy it's really easy to be a patriot if your pigmentation is white but if you're black and you live in harlem it's a little bit more challenging and she's just a fearless woman her bb is the same way um they're both uh, incredible uh, individuals so i do recommend that you get her book the low expectations, the racism of low expectations, I think it's called, and it's available on Amazon. And I think Barbara started getting some notoriety by calling in radio shows. And again, she uses that name, Barbara from Harlem. That's what she prefers to go by. Um, so I think that's how we'll refer to her as Barbara from Harlem. And um, we hope for a miracle um, uh, and just pray for healing. And uh, also we, we've announced next year's camp, um, July 14th to the 19th. We've got some promotional flyers already on our website. So just go to our downloads and uh, you can download them. We'll have pamphlets available uh, sometime. And we, it's still a little too early to announce, get all the speakers lined up, but we generally have some return instructors and some new ones. And as, as time goes on, we'll announce that. And we have a weekend camp coming up at the end of September, September 29th to October 1st. And that's to be held at Camp Sentinel, which is in the town of Tuftonboro, New Hampshire. And so for more information, visit our website, campconstitution.net. And until next week, may God richly bless you. You've been listening to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff on WBCQ The Planet.